Since 1989, you as Battlefield Baptist Church have had a part in the ministry and our lives. You've influenced us in a great way. And I won't tell you where we're going, even though Brother Don blew it for me. He blew my cover. But you have had a part in our lives. You can see it out on the table. And uh, you have had a part in our lives for over 30 years. And Annie and I wanted to come back and just to say thank you. That's all. We don't know how to express it any more than just to say thank you. And uh, we have, it's been an honor to represent you. Um, you remember the old show, uh, Andy Griffith? And, uh, you know, Deputy Barney Fife. You guys deputized us to kind of represent you in Asia. And so it's been an honor to be able to uh, represent you there and thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. And I, I'm just uh, so glad to be able to be here this morning. Uh, we were way back with Pastor Skinner and uh, had a relationship with him. And, and now to uh, get to know your pastor, Brother Greg and Krista and their wife and your staff. And uh, before we came here, I could button my coat, and you've fed us so well. I'm not sure I can button it anymore. I want to thank you uh, so much for that. And uh, as uh, maybe some of these missionaries this morning will come back 30 years later and say thank you uh, for you supporting them. So, um, you know, after 30 years being in the mission field and uh, being where we are, we can recognize a first-term missionary. The missionary just got there. Um, when the food comes, they sit down to eat. There's a bug in their food, and they get sick. They can't eat. They, they, just, they just can't eat. Now, the second year, they get their food, and there's a bug there. They just pick the bug out and continue eating. It's, it's okay. Then the third year, they get their plate of food. The bug's there. They eat it all, bug and everything. <laughs> Now the fourth year, they get their food, there's no bug, and they feel ripped off. Hey, where's my bug? You know? That is a joke. And I really, I told that story at another church, and this lady said, I could never be a missionary. And you know, I can, yeah. We have not knowingly eaten bugs. So it, it is a privilege to be here. And uh, when they locked down, it started there in Asia. We um, start, we, I was always a member of a gym and kind of exercising, and I thought, okay, they locked down the gym. And so I, they have kind of an, like an Amazon there, and so I bought some of these little things I could uh, do at home. And just as an illustration, I thought I would use this because I'm going to talk to you about exercising your faith. Because you're going to be called on to exercise your faith today and in a way that uh, maybe this will be challenging to you. Falling out here. And I just thought I'd give you a visual illustration this morning. You know, it's hard to start exercising for me. Uh, it's hard. But afterward, you are you have a sense of I did it. You know, it's accomplished. It's like kind of starting to mow the lawn. You know, I hate to mow the lawn, but afterward, I love looking at it. And uh, today, you get to exercise your faith. 
You're going to be indicating what God has just placed on your heart so that Battlefield can continue to support more missionaries. They'll know what the budget is. And I'm not sure of your motivation, but I get to motivate you just for a few minutes. And as I heard a story of a, a man sitting in a restaurant of a hotel, and uh, he was looking out the window and watching it snow. It was a heavy snow. And uh, he was a traveling salesman. And uh, he asked his server, he said, do you think tomorrow the roads will be open and, and uh, we can travel or they'll be shut down? And uh, the server said, well, that depends if you're on salary or commission. And so I'm not sure what your motivation is today, but I just want to talk about why and how in exercising your faith. Why exercise? And uh, that is, of course, to get stronger. And Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10, it says, uh, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, why get stronger? So you can serve at a higher level. You might start with the small one, and then you progress to the, to the next one, and the next one, and then the next one. You know, if you stay right here, it becomes too easy, and it's boring. And then you move on to here. It's a little more challenging. I'm going to step out and do this. And then you move on to this one. And then you move on to this one. God begins to help you get stronger, to serve at another level. You know, when I was uh, in ninth grade, and uh, the, the movie Rocky came out, and uh, I put a poster up in my room, and I said, I want to look like that guy. And since the ninth grade, I have been exercising, and uh, you can tell I'm not going to go to the NFL. But for me, I wanted to just stay fit, and I wanted to get as strong as God would let me and have my health as long as I could. And uh, I remember uh, about 10 years ago, my kids were at Liberty, and uh, I, I took them out for some real food at Applebee's. And so we were in Applebee's. It was filled up, and it was just myself and my two older kids. And uh, there was an older lady who fell, and none of the workers wanted to touch her. They thought, oh, if she's hurt or I pick her up and they get hurt, there's going to be a lawsuit. And uh, we were kind of looking at that. Everyone in the restaurant was looking. And uh, they were like, should we call 911? And, and uh, she wasn't hurt, but she couldn't get up. And uh, I said, I, I was telling my kids, I need to go over there and help her. And my kids were like, don't embarrass me, Dad. Don't embarrass us. But I went over there and I said, can I help you get up? She said, yes, I'm not hurt, but I'm not sure you could even pick me up. I was like, uh, okay. And uh, so I helped her up and she thanked me and she got on her way and nobody was going to help her. And, and uh, I, you know, I wanted to go to the next level. I want God to use me at the next level and the next level and to continue using the uh, strength and the exercising my faith to go to the next level. And uh, ironically, that happened to my mom just recently. She's 83, and we just got home in, in July. And uh, she, was, uh, she tried to grab a chair and missed it, and she fell back and uh, didn't really fall hard, but then she rolled back on her back, and we ran in there to see if she was okay. And uh, she said, I'm okay, and, and uh, 
So I said, Mom, let, let me help you up. She couldn't get up. And so she said, uh, I'm not sure you can pick me up. Uh, so I helped her get up. And, and uh, you know, I just, as long as God will give me strength, I want to be the one to help others and not be the one that has to be helped. And as long as God will allow that. And so, you know, the Great Commission assumes that we're going to go. As you are going, make disciples. Have See people follow me. And uh, then, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them all the things of God's word. And you know what the Lord says? I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Wherever you go in this world. You know, the gospel is not intuitive. You can't think up the gospel. How are they going to believe unless they've heard? They can, you can never just think up, oh, the gospel, somebody told it to us. And we're talking this morning about an obedient faith, not just, okay, I believe that plane will take off. I'm not getting on it, but I believe it'll take off. But an obedient faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed. And uh, just a little bit of motivation. You know, when you do what the Lord wants you to do, that he gives you a joy in your heart. And Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so we see that there's a lot of whys. I want you to see how. If you'll turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 37. One of the favorite stories in the Bible. Famous story in the Bible. Um, you know, Philistines, Israelites, they're facing each other in battle, but a nine-foot giant is taunting them and they're to send out one person to fight him. And David, he's a shepherd and his father says, hey, take this food up to your brothers and uh, give a little bit to the captains, the leaders there. So, you know, it's interesting if you read that story, he leaves the sheep with a keeper and obviously he taught them, he worked himself out of a job, taught them what he was doing. But uh, he goes up there, he's asking questions. Who is that guy? Why isn't anyone going out there to fight him? Obviously, he said, I'll take on that guy. I can do it. And it got back to Saul. And so he's called in to see King Saul. In verse 34 to 37, it says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of the mouth, out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion... And out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of this hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, go and the Lord be with thee. Now, here's the theological exclamation that I want to share with you this morning about that story. Wow. Can you believe it? I mean, he, he is like not on my watch. He was faithful with his father's sheep. And uh, a mundane thing, nobody wants to be a shepherd, but he's out there, he's learning the music, he already knows music, 
He's singing to God. He's probably practicing with his sling. And uh, he's, uh, he's watching over his father's sheep. And he's training others to do the same. A bear, a lion comes, grabs one of the little baby sheep or the sheep and pulls it. He goes after it. He's not like, well, there's one down. I'm not chasing that lion. But he, he goes after that thing. And when if he saves the sheep, and if that lion comes after him, he grabs it and kills it, clubs it, whatever he does. Can you imagine that? He's going after that lion. And I, I, I don't know that I would do that. Maybe with a rifle. <laughs> but he obviously didn't have a weapon like that. God put David through some very difficult exercises, exercising his faith and, uh, to, so that he could serve at a higher level. I want you to see several things in that story. First, that experience or that exercise gave him a confidence, gave him this confidence in the Lord, gave him confidence in his ability, not, not overconfident or arrogant, but he was very confident. You know, he goes out there and he, he goes right out there and he says, hey, I'll do it. I've already, I've already tackled a lion and a bear. Goliath's no problem. I'll go out there. I mean, he's already, he's already gone through this. He's already gone to the lion, through the bear. He said, I can do Goliath. I mean, no one's praying for him. No one's saying, hey, you can do it. No one's encouraging him. In fact, his brothers go, get back to the sheep. You're just goofing off. And Saul says, you're just a kid. He's a mighty warrior. There's no way you're going to take him on. And uh, Goliath, when he sees David, he's, he mocks him. Oh, this is all the best you can do. This is the best you can send. And David goes right out there. No, when you, when you began to exercise this, this gets too easy. You go on to the next one. You, there's a confidence. I can go to the next one. I saw God saw me through here. I can go to the next one. James Chapter 1, verse 22 says that we're to be a doer of God's word, not just a hearer only. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, If you hear my words and do what I say, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rains come, rains of life, when the winds of life come, when the floods come up, you're going to stand, you're going to be still standing. You're going to be like that wise person. And so we see here, you know, in, in the West, we kind of have a saying that we read the Bible like this. They read the Bible like this. I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, I want you to also see that David kind of says at the beginning, I did this. I killed the lion. I killed the bear, but then at the end he said, God killed the lion, God killed the bear. He kind of puts them both together. Spurgeon said, how did Goliath get killed? Well, you might say David did it. Nope, not without God. Okay, God did it. Nope, not without David. He put both. You know, isn't that amazing that God wants to use us? He wants to use us for his service and uh, just to tell people about the Lord. 
You know, David knew that the Lord was right there with him. He knew, I'm going to go out there because God is right here with me. And, you know, the person in our life that, well, I read this. Most people hear no more than yes in their life. They hear no so many times. You can't do it. No, that's not for you. Don't do that. And uh, more than they hear, yes, that's for you. You can do that. Yes. And uh, you know what? You know, in my life, the person that says no and you can't do it more than anyone is me. I tell myself that more than anybody. Chris, you, you can't do that. You're going to embarrass yourself. Don't do that. It's too hard. And uh, we have to be careful what we say to ourselves because God says you can do it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. How did he know God was with him? He was actually out there writing. He was actually out there singing to God and uh, not even knowing it that God was using him to write part of the Bible. And he, he may have had to go back through and read some of the Psalms that he wrote and said, wow, this is amazing. God is using me to write scripture. In Psalms chapter 23, it says, for thou art with me. One of the things that I started getting on YouTube University and looking about guys that exercise. One of the things that I missed all these years, and I thought, well, if I just do some push-ups and some pull-ups, I'm going to look like that poster of Rocky. Nope. And uh, I found this out, that 80% of bodybuilding starts in the kitchen. And uh, that's one thing I missed. And for David, he was a man after God's own heart. He feasted on God's word. He was writing God's word and writing songs to God's word. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He had a constant diet. Some, sometimes the people in, in uh, where we are, they'll come to me and we have a problem and they'll say, I have a problem. And I always want to ask them, are you reading God's word? Do you, do you open up the Bible and read? Well, no, I haven't been reading. Why? You could do that for just, just read five Psalms and a Proverbs every day. Just a few minutes a day. Start feeding and eating God's word. And then I want you to see the last part of that chapter. You don't have to, you don't have to turn there, but if you read all the way down there, after he killed Goliath, he still held the, his head in his hand. <laughs> Down in verse 52, he still got Goliath's head after he chopped it off. It's still in his hand. And uh, he also puts uh, Goliath's armor in his own tent. And maybe for testimony and to see where God brought him from, that uh, he would go back to his tent. Maybe he had some bear heads hanging on the wall, some lion heads. And he said, I remember where I was when God helped me to, to take care of that lion that was going to kill the sheep. And when God helped me take care of that bear. And then here's Goliath, his head. There's his armor. And so in David's spiritual workout, and God was putting him through the test. I mean, here's, here's the bear. Here's the lion. And then here was Goliath. And so he kept on, he kept on growing. Psalm 78, verse 72 the Bible says, I took David from the, being a shepherd and I made him the king of Israel. 
strengthening David. David was, he was going through these exercises to get strong, to protect the sheep and kill Goliath and then lead as a king. You know, when I was, when I was five years old, my parents started, uh, they were both musicians and they said, I, I want you to learn the play, to play the piano. And uh, I started practicing. They got me other teachers. And, and uh, you can ask Annie. We grew up together. I played all through our high school when it wasn't so cool for a guy to play the piano. But I still wanted to serve the Lord in that way. I can remember when I was uh, just 12 years old in South Florida, the grass grows all year. And I was able to get a job at that time uh, mowing a lawn. And I made $10 a week. And uh, for the first missions conference, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to give $5 a week. I was like, okay, that would be, that would be great. I got caught up in the missions conference, and, and then a dollar of that would be tithe. So I, I was left with $4, and, and after a week, I was like, wow, that's not much. I'm left with only $4, but you know, God was just helping me to exercise my faith. And you know what God did? He gave me more lawns to mow. And uh, he kept, people kept saying, hey, come mow my lawn. Come mow my lawn. And I heard this story that uh, a man was out of gas. And he was a believer. He was a preacher, in fact. And he said, I need to get to the next meeting. And uh, he prayed. And a $20 bill was, fl- was just floating in the wind and by the grass. I was like, God, can you do that for me? I want a $20 bill floating down. And uh, he said, I'll give you another yard to mow. (laughs) Just kind of exercising our faith. When I was a senior in high school, my parents, you know, kind of guiding us always to serve the Lord. My mom was teaching piano lessons. And um, she said, I want you to get your pilot's license. And, uh, you know, I'd never know how God can use that. And she was reading books like Nate Saint and, you know, and Jim Elliott and all those things. And she thought, maybe our son will be able to do that and got my pilot's license. And, and again, they were just kind of helping me exercise to go to the next level and serve that the next way. When we got to the place where we are now, uh, we started learning the language. And after four years... We had a young lady in our home. She came from day one. She was helping Annie in the market. She helped us around our home. And uh, after four years, we learned the language so-so. I think it took us about seven years to really understand and to be more, we would say, fluent. I don't even know that I'm fluent today. I learn a new word every day. But uh, we, she came to us and she said, I want to believe what you believe. And uh, we never really forced it. We didn't, you know, uh, the people where we serve, they're so polite. They don't want us to lose face. They would say whatever we wanted them to say. But I wanted it to be from them that God was working in their heart. So we used the words we knew, led her to the Lord. And uh, she had seen our dirty floors, our disagreements, our dirty laundry. And uh, that was a miracle. She said, I want to believe what you believe. And I just talked to you today about if we were ever put in jail or, you know, getting in trouble for 
the gospel? I have a good answer for him. I think God has kind of exercised our faith to a point that uh, we're making better citizens for your country. I mean, a person that comes to know the Lord and they have the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, who's going to make a law against a guy who has more patience or a guy who's loving or a guy who's gentle or who's going to make a law against that? So that was my answer. God is kind of preparing us in case that would happen. So I, I just challenge you as a church, maybe you need to start here. And often God starts our faith in our giving, and then we start serving. But maybe you're here in another level. You're right here. And uh, you can go to this level. Maybe it's right here. Who knows? Maybe God's stretching you and uh, helping you to exercise. You can find your giftedness in whatever service here at the church and uh, ask your pastor where, the, where you can serve. And I'll end on this, because David is a type of Jesus in our life. He is a type of Jesus. And somehow, in God's wisdom, and, and uh, Jesus subjected himself to the likeness of humanity. He came down here, and he was like you and I, as a human, 100% God. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He was also exercising and going to that next level. You know, Jesus went to the cross for us. He defeated our Goliath, which was sin and the guilt and the weight of sin and our ultimate Goliath is death. He defeated Goliath for us in giving us new life. Jesus is our ultimate trainer to help us to exercise. Remember, he is right there with you wherever you go. What could you do if you knew Jesus was standing right here? He is. He's standing right here with us. He loves and values each one of you. Each one of us, he wants to use us and use us in a great way. And then he wants you to love and value others around the world. And I just, I ask you, not, not for me, you've already done that for 30 years, but for these missionaries and missionaries to come, that you continue to serve and grow to the next level that God can use you. I'm gonna have a word of prayer for you and then turn it over to your pastor. Can I do that? Father, thank you so much for Battlefield Baptist Church, their influence in my life, my wife's life, our ministry for the past 30 years, their faithfulness. Thank you so much. I pray your blessings this morning as you deal with our heart. Help us to start exercising. Those of us that have exercised, we can go to the next level. I pray a great blessing on this morning and and uh, each person that is here, we just thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.